All right, man. Well, 2020 election underway, right? Joe Biden elected president 2020. How do you feel about that? I feel good, man. I feel like the the country's morale is kind of kind of back in like positive. The spirit. I just looking on like Twitter, Instagram, even around kind of my house right now. It's like the vibes are good, and I think yeah, it's I mean, trend in a positive way. I definitely know some Trump supporters that aren't pumped about it, but at the same time, I've said this since the very beginning. You know, I it wasn't it wasn't about who it was for me. I didn't really like either option, but I felt like. You know, it's in my opinion, Joe Biden has the House now. He's got, you know, he's got majority in the House. He's got an equal Senate. So if, you know, if his agenda is as good as as he says it is and he believes it is, then he has all the power to um, do the right things. I don't know if it's going to benefit everyone or who's going to, you know, not benefit from it. I know that everyone's worried about taxes and stuff, but, you know, um, Hopefully he has the power that it takes um, and like the backing by the house and the Senate to get things done in a way that helps our country because we need it. Yeah. I'm all for it. If it brings us together as a nation, I'm all for it. Yeah, man. And and typically we avoid politics and uh, you know, difficult conversations on here, but today's episode is a little bit different. Um, We have a few, few women on to talk about social injustice. Uh, One of them is Jelana who was on last week and is very self-aware and very aware of the entire uh, social injustice push that we're going through right now. And um, the other two, Christian, go ahead. Yeah. And the other two were my friends and colleagues at, from UC San Diego, Delaine and Beth, two extraordinary female leaders. Um, they've been mentors and leaders to people they probably don't even know, you know, and I think yesterday's talk was, I know for you, it was, it was life-changing for me. I've been around them and I know what type of work they've done and they've impacted my life greatly. And I think for you, it was, it was cool to see, you know, after we got off that call, the impact they made on, on your life. And I'm hoping whoever's out there listening, you'll make the same impact because talking about that stuff that we talked about, you know, race inequality and injustice is, is tough. And I think people are going to hear that when, when you're talking, Mason. And yeah, I, think- I mean, dude, there's, it's, it's, it's a raw, unedited episode. So I didn't cut out any pauses. You know, there's some moments in there that are kind of cringeworthy where you can tell that I'm literally having a tough time getting my question out of my mouth or I don't know how to phrase something because, um, you know, I don't want to offend anyone that I'm talking to about it. That's not what it was meant for. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was nice to have two women on that allowed me to ask questions that I felt like may offend people or questions that, you know, if I was just talking to someone on the street, they, the words might come out of my mouth and they might be like, what the hell did you just say? Um, and I think that Beth and Delana did a really good job of, um, you know, facilitating it in, in an educational way and making me feel like, even though the, the question that I thought might be dumb, you know, they answered it without any judgment and they answered it clearly and really respectfully, which I appreciate. Right. And one thing I want to say, and that I took away a huge point, is don't focus on changing the world, focus on changing yourself first. And I think for me yesterday, that was eye-opening for me because you know everyone, everyone wants to change the world. Everyone wants to do great things in the world, but it starts within ourselves. And that, that should be the goal. Absolutely, man. Shake and bake. Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake.
I think we've got everybody on here. And girls, girls, just so you know, there's no reason to mute here if you feel like you want to just jump in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you need to cut someone off because someone sounds stupid, don't worry about it. Just cut us off. <laughs> That's right. I wanna, Permission. I, I'm going to open here. Um, I'm just going to be completely honest. I am uh, the the definition of the ignorant white male that doesn't know enough about this subject. <laughs> and I, I, I want you guys to understand that this entire podcast episode is based around the fact of being educational. And, um, you know, I, I am your target audience. So I don't know enough. I haven't done enough. And I'm here to learn. Jelana is, is uh, the founder of an organization that I work very closely with that focuses on NCAA athletes transitioning from college to the corporate business world. And uh, we've also been focusing very heavily on the Black Lives Matter social injustice movement. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that comes into this. And I just, I want to be very clear that I may have some questions and they, they might sound offensive off the bat, but I just want you two to understand that I'm here 100% to learn and I'm here to educate people of my um, level of, of under, under understanding, <laughs> ignorance, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're here to learn from you guys. So we just want to kind of learn about your, your, you know, your, your path on this race for change movement and um, you know, the way it blew up the way that it did. Absolutely. I'm excited myself, Mason, to hear more about what Beth and Delana have done. It's just incredible. Um, we've got to do way, way more of this. And they've been, in, they've been outstanding role models for how all women can step up their game and invite allies like you and me, you and you and Christian to join along this, on this, on this race for change. Absolutely. Good stuff all, all over. And I, I also want to say it's, it's uh, for myself personally, it's an uncomfortable conversation, unfortunately. And I'm just going to be really honest about that. So, like mm -hmm. I said, if I ask a question that sounds, you know, dumb or ignorant, whatever, it, it, it's, it's not meant for that. I'm, I'm really here to learn. And I just, I, I want to educate people the way that I need to be educated. So please tell us, the very beginning when you decided you were going to do this race for change and, and how it blew up and the whole path that you guys went through. Yeah. Girls, I should say you girls went through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know if we're going to have answers to every single one of your questions. I think, you know, I'm white. I'm learning every day as well. We're becoming more educated and, and like Delana doesn't, isn't responsible to have all the answers either. So we are excited for all of your questions, but we're not like historians or Absolutely, lawyers yeah. or anything. And so we are, we are on this journey with you. Um, but Race for Change started because uh, after George Floyd was murdered, we were sitting in a town hall and I just remember sitting there listening to all of the different student athletes talk about their experience um, and not a good one, you know, from varying degrees of not having a positive experience. Um, dealing with racism on campus specifically. And I was sitting there and I was like, what can we do? It feels like, you know, we're having conversations and people are like, well, what are we supposed to do? And I just feel like every time you listen to somebody, they give you something to do. And so this concept of race for change was just an action item. People want to help. They don't know how, they don't know exactly where, um, but we can give them something that we can do as a community. And so the goal 
you know, right off the bat was come up with an idea, send it to the athletic department and have them roll with it, like take it off our hands. Uh, we don't know how to do a fundraiser, multi-site fundraiser at all. Um, and that's just not sort of the way it happened. It was sort of like, if, if we're going to do it, we're going to figure it out, which mm -hmm. is when, you know, I texted Delana the next morning after having this idea and it, you know, it got cleaned up a lot along the way, but it started with like, hey, let's do this run and let's, you know, raise money. Um, and then very quickly it became, well, let's do it in local communities because as we learn, like as you learn how something is built, you learn how you can take it down. And so a lot of times we think of swooping national change as the stuff that's going to really make a difference. But really it's, you know, if you look at the criminal justice system, every single county has different laws. And so change first happens at a local level. And if enough local communities can have change, then national things will adjust. And so that's sort of where the concept of, you know, let's have different schools and let's, you know, make every single person have a fundraiser of their own that affects change in their community. It was sort of built from that. Yeah, and making sure that there's like an accountability uh, for each of our scholar athletes, but for each person who participated, it's like you, it's your job. It should be everyone of our jobs to be change makers and to make sure that we're changing our communities. Cause if everyone's doing that then the world does change, right? So race for change, the whole goal of it was to kind of impact our own community. And from there we were like, why not impact more? Why not do this um, on different campuses. If we can figure it out on ours, then it might as well happen on other places. And if our scholar athletes who are in a wonderful place with great facilities and people who really care about them are feeling this way, then it's happening across the whole nation. So um, it was really important that Race for Change not just kind of spark as an idea, but that it became that action item. And then um, we were able to attach different kind of educational pieces to it um, but give everyone that accountability to be a change maker in their community. And can you guys, can you guys actually explain exactly what race for change was or is? Is. Yeah. hundred percent. I apologize. Like I said, ignorant white male, right? Was, I, is, yeah, come on. Can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. So race for change was a virtual 5k. It took place on like October 15th through the 18th. Mm -hmm. And we invited over 600 college programs to participate with us. And mm -hmm. so we sent out an email and tried to set up the back end structure of this is the compliance stuff you'll have to go through. This mm -hmm. is some of the social media assets we're using that you can use. And we tried to set up um, a lot of the back end. This is how you would do a GoFundMe account. So Beth, that, real quick. Yes. Setting up a back end for what? What, what was the, what was the, what was your guys' end goal with that? Our goal was to see change, like systemic change towards like anti-racist behaviors on as many college campuses as we could. Mm -hmm. And so we tried to make it as easy as possible for other people to join in on what we were doing here at UCSD. And so we tried to set up our fundraiser and then send it to other schools and say, this is what we're doing. This is how you would be able to adopt it. This is when we're doing it and run with it if you want. Yeah, so we did all the back end work. So it's like we went ahead and filled out the pack, like made packets and explained exactly where the money should go to, kind of like what Black Lives Matter kind of organizations we were looking to donate to and how 
not just to us, right? Because it's like everyone can contribute to UC San Diego, but not everyone's going to feel the effects of it if it's just UC San Diego. So we made sure that it was like you can um, use it at your school. So it's like if there people donated to all sorts of things, Cal went ahead and donated to um, a position on their campus um, wow. towards what was it at, like their diversity and inclusion, their EDI. Um, position like they kind of made a position and used race nice. to fund it um, nice. and it was just that was our goal to make systemic change through this action which was the run but the run was just what you did to get involved and then from there there's so much more so um, kind of the answer to your question it was like all the proceeds went to whatever it was in your community that um, would help fuel systemic change not just a change or a momentary like act of kindness, but actual systemic change that can be maintained. And everyone who did it um, is looking forward to doing it again. So that is I exciting. I, I, I know. Just to oh, say. Yeah. I, I just got something to say because like, I think you guys are so cool for doing that just because, you know, not because you guys are great basketball players and coaches, but as coaches, we always talk about serving the student athletes and what, what as coaches we are doing to impact their lives so they can make a positive impact in their communities and you guys are actually living proof of like what a positive or what a person that has a, is having a positive impact in the community can do you know and so th that that's why like i think you guys are so cool i respect you guys for what you're doing as a coach as a mentor and as a leader um so yeah well, thanks Christian. i i know jelana's dying dying to jump in here what do you got on based on the oh, good. path here jelana well, I tell you what, I'm just blown away by the energy and not just like, okay, I'm sitting here, George Floyd's murder just happened. You know, Breonna Taylor is not, is not being justified in her death. There's so much going on and it's so easy to get into like a spin cycle and just to feel angry and depressed and overwhelmed and frustrated and just pissed off at the world. Yes. And instead of using all that negative energy to, to, to churn inside, uh, Delena, Beth, you guys took that energy and you said, you know what, we're going to do something good and positive. And you use the word systemic, which tells me that you were looking for lasting impact which is exactly what we've got to do. We can't just think about like, what's today, tomorrow, next week going to look like but like, what are the next four years going to look like at this stage? And how do we lock arms in solidarity, impact 600 different athletic departments, take this to the next level? It's just absolutely badass, And it's, I, it's not something you see every day. So I love that Christian honored you just now. I honor you as well, because that is what leaders look like right there. Beth, so cool. and, Beth and Elena, so how many, you guys, you guys started this at UCSD. How many colleges did you guys actually reach out to that participated in this? And how many of them were you not expecting to jump in on this change? Um, first of all, thank you guys so much. You guys are too kind to us. Uh, before it's not I, too kind at all. Before it's, I jump to your question. <laughs> Thanks. Before I jump to that question, though, I think it, it's like, um, it's just really personal. Like Delana is one of my best friends and like, you know, like our team is people that we both love so much. And so like, 
it's it's cool to look at the total number or whatever and think that we're making this really really big impact but it's really it's like can we largely impact the few people that we influence every single day and it's like I can't say like I love Delena and not want to be in this fight every single day with her and so I think like it is really big but it's also just like it's so close to home um but to answer your question about who did we send this to um I think our original email list was like 680 names I think 15 to 20 programs did it with us but the first email list was large um I think there were a lot of unexpected ones um Clemson did it which was awesome Clemson women's basketball Notre Dame women's basketball did it Cal women's basketball um it was cool to just see you know we knew we know some people on the west coast but I think it was cool to see little pockets of places around the nation I got all the way to Alaska like it was um incredible so I think that for sure like we sent it out to a lot of people, a lot of coaches, and there were a lot of, there was still a lot of interest that um, we got and people had kind of struggled with compliance, little things like that. But even those who couldn't donate, a lot of people still ran. And I'm um, still getting messages about, we raced for change, we couldn't do it this weekend. But, you know, but I think during the weekend, we had uh, 23 groups, 20 colleges, and then like three like groups of like alumni, or um, I know that parent groups and different things got together and it was pretty special. So we had a good turnaround for our first. It was cool to see it, like not just be programs, you know, it was just, it was communities and people and families. That was, that was really cool. I'll tell you what jumps out just off the top of my head, listening to you say, Delena, how much activation, even to hear like those East coast schools that got engaged. Um, I'm a, I'm a Midwest kid. So Notre Dame was in my backyard growing up. And um, I, love, I love the fact that um, you were able to ignite even Alaska, for God's sake, <laughs> to get engaged. That's amazing. Yeah, they were so hiking cool. in the snow. <laughs> right, right. Well. Exactly, exactly. Two numbers really jump off the top of my head. One is that if we don't do something now, it's going to take 208 years to see parity in pay and, and equality for just just for gender that's not including all of the systemic and exceptional barriers that women and women of that women of color face and as a latin woman i can certainly recognize and appreciate that and recognize that um my demographic and that my black sisters have harder and longer ways to go we've got to do more um uh even more intentional and we've got to go after um, our sisters um, in that kind of way. The other thing that blows my mind is there was a study done about 10 years in span. It ended at the end of 2019. So uh, Ernst & Young, one of the uh, organizations I used to work for, uh, launched this and 94% uh, of all female executives were former athletes. So I think that just, again, very few people are aware of the of the leadership that women athletes show up with over time, but that number just proves over and over again that if we're going to hit that 208 number really hard and shatter that glass ceiling, the warriors at the front of that line 
are going to be women like Beth and Delena yeah. to do it. Yeah. Thank you. I, you kind of brought something up that I thought was like super important. Uh, I mean, as a Latinx woman, that is, uh, it's, it's so important for us all to unite, like all minorities, all people, but like, it's so important because Black Lives Matter is a movement that a lot of people kind of just put give to black people. But in all of history, whenever black people have gotten rights, all people have gotten rights and usually black people get them last. But it's just the truth. It's when black people are when we push for black and civil rights um, for the black population, for our black communities, all people are getting rights. So it's it is such a encompassing movement. It's like everybody is included. We want all everyone's like all lives matter and it's like yes 100% they do and when black lives matter to everyone all lives will definitely matter so that's awesome so we definitely appreciate you and the leadership you're doing in the front you're doing we look forward to learning more about it and I got to listen to um, some of your podcasts and I thought it was just incredible so thank you. Lena I'm definitely excited to figure out where we can take this to the next level and have you on one of our live shows. So just putting that out there, that's <laughs> going to be fun. <laughs> and if you guys, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to ask probably the most uh, ignorant white male question. I'm going to keep saying that because I am, and I, I can recognize it. <clears throat> I just, I want to know um, as a white man who has a lot of benefits in this world that I probably don't even recognize, even on the days that I say I recognize them, um, what what would you guys say to someone who feels not necessarily so comfortable posting on their social media every single day about Black Lives Matter and not necessarily comfortable leading the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement and the social, and, and I apologize saying Black Lives Matter movement because I know that's an offensive term to call it, but the social injustice experiment that's going on right now, what would you guys say um, people who feel uncomfortable as a white male or white person or any person who just feels uncomfortable with the topic, what would you guys say is the best way for them to participate in this, um, ex you know, oh, I don't even know the right word to say. It. As you can tell, I feel very uncomfortable talking about it. Um, well, what can I do more besides this podcast? You know, like what, what can I do? I, I don't want to post on my social media every day. And I just, I'm, I'm dead serious about that. I've lost friends over it. And I have people who don't want to be my friends anymore because of it. So if there's a way that you guys could shed some light on people who feel very uncomfortable about the topic, I would love to hear that. Well, first thing is it's an uncomfortable conversation until, Absolutely. You, until you continuously have it. Yes. So it's like, it's going to start off very uncomfortable, but the more you talk about it and the more you address your whiteness, not just other people, because white people think that uh, a lot of people, white people say they don't see color or that um, they, you know, like they can tell other people, but they don't really care. It's like, no, you can't address your own whiteness. So then um, you're already a step ahead. You keep calling yourself an ignorant white person, which still to be determined. But, I'm working um, on it. I'm working on it. I but, promise I'm working on it. <laughs> That's why we're here. But, but addressing your own whiteness and not seeing it as the norm, I would say, is like a great starting point. And then having that conversation and asking questions, not just to people of color, but to your white friends, like have that mm -hmm. conversation with them because they need to hear it more. Um, Beth kind of mentioned it, but it's definitely like racism in America is a white problem started by white people um, and continued by white people. So um, and our obviously like our social constructs that we all fight through every day but um 
having that conversation more often. And then from there, like a lot of people don't want to have the conversation because they don't feel educated enough or they're not sure, you know, they don't want to say the wrong thing, but not saying anything is a hundred percent the wrong thing. So even and if you say something, I, yeah. it's a start, right? Yeah. So you can be completely wrong and not have any idea. And it's okay to be like, I don't know, but I don't think that was right. And that is perfectly fine. It's a great place to start. And then you know what you need to learn about. So, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you absolutely. for saying that. I, you don't understand um, with, with how much scrutiny gets placed on uh, white people to say that it, it hurts to say that, but with how much scrutiny, I, I just, I feel really out of place in the last, in the last few months. And I feel like black people have felt out of place for the last like a hundred million years. But, um, you know, for you to say that I, I'm going to take charge here and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so transparent with my, you know, my beliefs and like where I'm at, I just feel really uncomfortable with it. And I just, I really want to dive into the fact that white people do feel uncomfortable with the situation, but I also feel very, uh, it's so difficult for me to talk about, as you can see, it's difficult for me to talk about because I'm trying not to say the wrong things. I'm just trying to understand. And I just want to be there for the, um, I want everyone to have the same rights. I want women, black, whatever color, I don't care. I just want everyone to be happy. So, mm -hmm. you know, race for change. If we can dive more into the specifics of what that, that, where did you guys get from that? <laughs> Sorry, that was all over the place. I really, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's a difficult conversation for me. I might cut all that out. I'll probably cut yeah. all that out, but I'm just saying it's really right. difficult for me. And I really want this to be educational. And I want people to, to understand from my perspective, because I know a lot of my friends watch this and I know a lot of my friends are in the same position. So yeah. I really want people to like feel uncomfortable and I want them to understand my uncomfortability because I am yeah. extremely uncomfortable with it. Yeah. I am a white male. I have all the opportunities that everyone on this call besides Christian doesn't have. Like I, I do have them. I know that I have them and I'm very aware and I'm just trying to figure out yeah. what I can do to help, you know. And Mason, I have a thought for you too, just to kind of add to what Delana said. Um, well, first of all, it means so much to have a couple of stand up white guys invite the three of us onto this call oh, and have yeah. a really tough conversation. So oh, I difficult. just say that that means a shit ton to the cause. Like, let's just start with that because allies are going to be a huge part of making the systemic barriers brought a little bit lower every time. We're gonna crack holes in this because of you, because of you and Christian Mason. So that's the first thing I want to say. Shout out to the two of you because that matters a lot. The second thing I'll say, because we had a live show right after George Floyd was murdered and um, we called it Equality Can't Wait. And then we went after an Equality Can't Wait grant too. So we kind of just parallel those right into each other. We invited a lot of, um, we, we invited a lot of black athletes onto the show to talk about where their heads were and how they were feeling, how they were processing. We also invited some white athletes onto the show to talk about what they were doing and how they were processing. We had a young man named Robert Paler. He was from Berkeley. He was actually injured and became a quadriplegic on the field of play, it, playing rugby in the national championship a couple of years ago. So 
an incredible guy with an incredible story. And his, his message to me was really simple. He was like, you know what? I've been through some major shit in my life, but I have no idea how to process all that's going on with racial injustice. I have no clue. Jelani, you've asked me to come on here. You want me to be supportive. I want to be supportive. And I have no idea what the hell I'm supposed to say. And I said, well, here's, here's what my, and Delane, I'd love for you to react as well. And Beth, um, but here was my, my, my coaching for him. My first coaching for him was seek to understand before you are understood. So essentially in like straight up terms, like just shut up, shut the fuck up and listen and listen <laughs> to what they have to say. <laughs> just take it in. Fully noted. And, and just learn, that. you know, and, um, and just kind of, own the fact that none of this has ever happened um, to you personally, but you've had other shit happen to you and, um, and be there. Like, just say, you know what? I'm with you. I have no idea how that would feel, but I am with you. And I want to know, I, I, I yeah. want to understand. And I want, I, I really I, like, I really want, Yeah. I just want everyone to be happy. I don't care who's, who's the president. I don't care what color i don't care i just i just want everyone to be happy and so yes 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 so i think seeking to understand like we're doing on this call on this podcast rather is like the first step and then i think finding ways to have conversations to delana's point that get you regularly out of your comfort zone finding friends you know finding um black and latino and um, South Asian, you know, um, friends that are close that can give you feedback is great because oftentimes it's those people that are able to really bevel off our edges and help us just become a little bit better of a person every day. And that's what I love about what I'm hearing. You want to be authentic. You want to be you. I do. I really do. I want to be authentic. I want to be transparent. I still, I, I can't change that I'm a white male. I just... I want to be a part of this. I'm, I'm comfortable with some parts. I'm comfortable. With, I'm not comfortable with other parts, but I, I still want to make a change. And I, I truly believe in what you guys have done. And I just, I really want it to be, um, you know, successful for everyone. I just want everyone to be happy. You know, America's the place of belief and, you know, the American dream, blah, blah, blah. If that's even a thing anymore, I just want everyone to be able to have that opportunity and be respected. Yeah. I, I do think if, if I could um, add and then challenge you a little bit. I was actually uh, gonna ask you if you could give me a challenge, I would love that, yeah. so please. I, I think that one, to have all these conversations, you have to be, put your defense down, right? And so something that has from the start made it um, more, I don't know if easy is the word to have these conversations, but it's like when, when I, heard racism defined in a new way, I was able to have these conversations a lot more frequently and with more people. Um, and so that switch is like, oftentimes you hear racist and you think of like the KKK, or you think of the person, the individual who's doing all of these um, terrible actions towards another person. And so very quickly, you know, you hear statements like, well, racism is a white problem and every single white person is racist. And you're like, hold on, <laughs> wait a second. Right. When that's like the image you hear when you hear the word versus if you were to understand racism as this system of structures that self-perpetuates if we do nothing right? It's so deeply entrenched and ingrained in every single part of society that if we do nothing, 
it just keeps going. It doesn't even need people at this point. It just is, right? And so from that point, we can have a lot of conversations about like, well, where do you shop? Where do you get groceries? Where do you buy books? Where do you buy clothes? And all of those things also have little shifts in um, in attributing to a more anti-racist society because you understand that it's so it's in everything. And so I can look at all these different facets of my life in a different way and under a different light where I'm still making change and I'm not, um, and I'm able to identify like, oh, I, I only buy books at Amazon. I don't realize that I'm not helping like black book owners or black authors when I do that. But like, I had a, I had a realization where I'm like, I think almost every single book I read last year was by a white person not on purpose, not intentionally, but when I looked at what I was reading, every single one was by a white person. And so looking at it from that level is gonna give you a much broader scope of what you can do. And then um, the challenge is like on social media, you have to understand that you have an audience that is completely unique to you. And so if white people don't share, then there's a whole group of people who aren't ever gonna get the message. Because I have followers that Delana does not. She has followers that I do not. But if I never speak on mine, then there's going to be a group of people who don't hear it because we're a little bit uncomfortable putting it out, right? Where it's like the effects of racism are a lot more uncomfortable than us putting a tweet or a post out and losing friends. Who if like, if we lose friends over speaking that people are important, they're like not good people to be friends with. I don't mean to like call out your friends and like these relationships, but it's like, if this is a huge issue that we can't have a conversation to get better understanding, then it's like, they just can't be great people for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's good. It's incredible. And, and also, you know, so when I say I've lost friends over it and blah, 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 I mean, everyone's had some tough times over the last year, right? COVID, presidential election, all these social injustice movements, you know, it's, it's, it's all really, I think we're making a really good progress here. But um, the, t- the difficult part for me is the people who have just unfriended, unfollowed, and been like, see you later, because I wasn't posting stuff on my social media. Um, To me, I felt like, you know, with the Athleta Foundation, I feel like I've been a part of the Black Lives Matter. I've been a part of the social injustice movement. I feel like I've done these things that people may not have seen. But at the same time, is it not enough? Is it, you know, is is, you know, what's, what's the amount of contribution that I can give? Because I'm going to be honest. I don't feel comfortable being the front lines. And Mm -hmm. there's going to be millions, maybe billions of people who don't feel comfortable on the front line. And um, how, how can you feel like you've, you've contributed, you know, you've contributed to this. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so important. You've contributed to it. How, you know, I feel like I've done things that people don't notice, but at the same time, I, I, I do want to be a part of it. I'm just not comfortable being on the front. Like, you know, I don't, damn, you know. Jason, if you can change yourself, then you're going to be, then you're on the front lines of something. Right. I think like, if you look at it kind of as some huge picture, as some crazy, like I have to change racism, get rid of racism in America. Mm -hmm. You can't do it by yourself. But if you change yourself, then 
you probably will gradually be more comfortable making maybe talking to people, talking to your friends. And then maybe you'll see something on social media that you feel like, wow, I really identify with this or wow, this really helped me learn something. Maybe you'd post it because that's really what helped you. It's not like you need to go post everything. I'm not a huge, like, I don't care if you're posting or not. I care if you're reading at home. I care if you are doing your work and you know, if you're doing your work, it's like you saying the things that you're doing is one thing, but you, you truly know, like if you're at home doing your work, if you've read a book and you've like started to unlearn things, right. Cause racism is taught in our, in all of our culture. Like our racism is American culture. So you, if you haven't worked on unlearning that part of you, then you're not doing your work. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're not asking those questions then you're not doing your work and that's on you. So I kind of, I'll take it back to basketball in some ways. It's our players know over the summer, if they've like done their work, if they've been working, been shooting in the gym, they're going to come in and be better. If they're just going to come in and be the same. And if you're going to come in and be the same, then don't complain when, you know, uh, someone calls you out or if you're not getting playing time, but to put that back on you, it's like, if you're doing your work, then when those conversations come up, you're ready. Right. And when, you look back at your yourself from the beginning of COVID, right? Everyone's had COVID this time to really kind of self-reflect on a lot of parts of their life. So this is a great time to think about your role in this system that creates racist behaviors, racist actions, and um, continues to just buffer and rebuffer itself. So if you're, you got to look at your role in that. And if you're educating yourself, you're on the front line. So don't take yourself out of that equation. Uh, I think even... I like that you're willing to call yourself the ignorant white male. I, am. I don't think that I don't think you're as ignorant as you you're saying you are if you've done any of your work. Right. I so haven't. I and it, I apologize it, for that. And that's why I'm telling you, I, I am. I am really the ignorant white male. And I, it's just like it's really difficult for me to take it to that social media part of the world. Don't start there, though. So, I, I don't think you need to start at the social media part. I think you need to start at the at the Mason's house part. You need mm-hmm. to start at the um, whatever it is that where you get your information, make sure that it's information that's coming from the right place. Make sure that you're having these conversations with your friends. Like when you're not on the podcast, when you're just talking to Christian or whoever it is, like, are you having these conversations? Are you asking those questions then? Because if you are, then you're doing the work and there's always a place to start, right? It's like, you know what? You can start right now. Delana, honestly, can I, can I ask you like the most recent, the most recent situation you've been in where because you are a black female and that's like one of the hardest most difficult things to be in the united states at this point in time and and we all realize that now can you possibly shout out a a a most recent situation where you felt like the fact that you were a black female might have been played an impact in that um i feel like every single day i think about being a black woman um in america i think that's uh, something that I can't check at a door or um, doesn't go away. So um, there's definitely, I was at, I was at Costco. I was traveling last weekend and I was at Costco and I bought a couple pairs of leggings for me and my girlfriend. And um, I like went in to change because we had a long road trip and I already bought them and I was walking into um, the restroom and the Costco worker <laughs> She said, um, she's like, excuse me, miss, this isn't a fitting room. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, I already bought these. And she was like, no, this isn't a fitting room. Like, where's your receipt? And I was like, I have a receipt, but what are you, are you serious? Like, I'm not stealing these. I already, I walked through 
whatever, past five people, whatever. And this little kid came out with all this stuff and like a toy in her hand from that had a thing on it. Didn't say anything to them, to the family. Um, and I was like, excuse me, like I'm, I'm going to change. I already bought these. And she was like, I need to see your receipt right now. I was like, okay, go get your manager so I can see your manager and I'll show you my receipt to your manager, but I'm not going to sit here and like, I'm in a very white area <laughs> at this point. I was the yeah. only person of color around mm-hmm. and you um, thought I was stealing Mm-hmm. and that's that's whatever or she thought I was going to use the Costco fitting room which is the restroom which is crazy so um but I have those experiences weekly daily like all the time it's not um always that extreme sometimes most of the time it's microaggressions but there are several just Delaina a point like that I need you to understand like means a lot to me because I would never have that happen. Like it just doesn't, it, it doesn't. And and you making that point is exactly what I, what I needed to hear. And I just, I really don't understand from all lenses and I'm really trying here. So, I mean, Juana, if you want to hop in with, with what athlete is doing for the, you know, everything that's going on right now, I would love to hear your spiel here. Yeah, for sure. And Delena, I just want to honor you for being so authentic and, and, like taking it to the classy level. Like I need to see your manager. I will show that manager my receipt, but I will not allow you to disrespect me. I think that is incredible. I think more of us need to be there. And um, had Beth and I been there, we would be saying the same damn thing to those managers and maybe even (laughs) the head manager, (laughs) right? Because, you know, we saw things like that happening even before the, the, the riots and, um, and George Floyd was murdered. Like we saw, the piece at Old Navy in like Iowa, where, where the guy was uh, accused of stealing a coat that he had bought. And so this kind of stuff just continues to perpetuate itself in neighborhoods where there are not a lot of um, men and women of color. And if we don't call it out, then it will continue to perpetuate itself. So that is part of the, that is part of the plan that we have to impact. I will say just to add a little bit to what Beth said, I'm going back in my brain and thinking all the cool things that Beth challenged you with Mason. I read this incredible book this year. Uh, Austin Channing Brown is a woman of color. Mm-hmm. She's a black woman who wrote a book called. She, I'm Beth's so- read it. I can see it. She's already read it. <laughs> oh, you? Great. It's a great book. It's called, it's called I, I'm still here. Black dignity in a world made for whiteness. That's the book black dignity in a world made for whiteness. Great book because she talks about how she grew up kind of in two different dichotomies. Uh, her mother was, was in a more uh, whitish community and her father was in a more true blackish community and how she really had to figure out where she fit in all of this different societal Uh, chaos in her personal being and the way she showed up. So it's a great story because it really does kind of hit layers of experience that maybe not everyone would have recognized for a black woman. So I love that book, Austin Channing Brown, huge fan of hers, Uh, follow her all the time on social. So love that. Um, But as far as athlete is concerned, and I know I've already made um, the invitation, Delena, to you and Beth, to come onto our show. You know, we've done a number of things that have been more social awareness specific. 
uh, starting with that live show we talked about, we've also released a couple of videos, which, which Mason was on. I'm just going to give it, give it to him here. He said the words, we are the change we've been looking for. We are the change we seek. Uh, it was an Obama quote. Don't give me too much, Shawna. Come on <laughs> well, now. I quoted great, Obama. Nathan. Okay, I well, quoted that sounded great. It was a great quote. It was a great <laughs> quote. I appreciate the recognition of Obama. To, you know, Obama is the guy that gave me the quote, though. Come on. I loved it. I, but I love the fact that you went through Obama's words and his and his. Um, it's true. And his it's, it's true. And you we had are. to go find that that set of and we it are. really. It brought tears to my eyes hearing a six-six white athlete <laughs> say these words out loud on on a video. So it's I'm just true. saying it meant a lot to hear you say that because it sounds different when your voice says it than even our dear President Obama saying it. It's a different voice, and it means different to the to the audience hearing it. Um, so I've loved doing things like that. I've loved putting videos out there. I've loved having tough conversations. I'm not going to say they've been easy. I can remember literally feeling like um, I was going to throw up before the first one we did because I didn't want to screw it up. But you know what? It's not about screwing it up. It's about growing. It's about changing. It's about inviting. Uh, it's about transforming minds. I'm building so, a community. I'm just, I love it. Just yeah. Having a community. You, you have right. to have a community to be success, successful and get things done. There's no way we don't get things done without a community nowadays. And, and if we can get the community built, then we get things done. That's right. And a community nowadays isn't like uh, the people that live down the street from us nope. and the people that we hang out with in our local bar, although it's people they can across be a part. the country. Right. It's people who think like we do and yes. get it you know, at a deeper level. I love that. So at Athleta, we're doing a lot of that. We're, we're really kind of focused on three major areas of the country, the West Coast, the East Coast, and the Midwest. And those have been intentional because of our personal um, brands and how we've associated the work I did prior to Athleta, the studies around athletes and their personal journeys from um, the field of play to the boardroom were done in California. So there were around 700 athletes that I studied and, and you were one of them, Mason, as you know. And then uh, we've invited a few women um, and men to our board. So our board is about 89% diverse, which uh, was very intentional of us. We have a member of our board who will soon have her PhD, Dr. Tracy Hathaway. Um, incredible. Is out in incredible woman. No word. There's no word that describes her besides incredible. Right. Totally. And she has uh, been an athletic director, a woman's head basketball coach. She herself was a first generation uh, uh, female um, basketball athlete and a field hockey athlete. Um, and so she's done a lot to really help us evolve our own mentality and the way we show up. And then just Midwest has been an intention for me because that's where my mother is from. My father is from the Caribbean. I'm Puerto Rican by by ethnicity, but growing up in the Midwest, you see a lot of passive aggressive, like really chaotic and crazy. I mean, Minnesota is a great example <laughs> of, of that kind of mentality. So understanding that we really need to have like a three-pronged approach to changing the way we all show up together and really thinking about what leaders are gonna look like in the future, because right now the leadership that we've seen has sucked pretty bad. So we're going to have to do different 
to see different and we have to see it to be it. So we got to build this pipeline, one incredible fearless athlete and human at a time. So that's what we've been about. And it's been exciting. Um, it's been tough. It's been my face hitting the pavement on a routine basis, but getting right back up and you just keep driving, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's the move right now. Just keep moving it. Beth and Delena, if, if we could just get, um, think about me, like think about, think about you're talking to me. Okay. If you could just three statements that you could give that would teach someone who's not educated what they could do to help today. Can you give two or three statements that would help us? This is what I got for you. myself. This is what I got for you. Read a book. <laughs> Which, hold Google. on, hold on. Use Google. That. Hold on. Watch I love movie. that. Wait, 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 wait. I love that. First no, statement. No, no. I didn't hear the rest because I interrupted. I have to stop you. Which book should we read? This is good for point number two. Use Google. <laughs> I need it. I need I because then in your Google search you could say top ten books for white people to read about racism. All right. Okay. Shout out white fragility. That's a great fragility. White fragility is a great book. Yeah. So read a book, use Google, watch a movie. Okay. I heard a lot of conversation in and out from that. Can you tell me a book? Can you tell me a movie? And can you tell me what I should Google? Hey, why not race talk? Sure. Race talk is good. I have that right here. Sure. I I, I have it up there. That's how I was going to get it. <laughs> Got a couple no, hold on. For you. Wait, wait. Delana's showing something. Can you talk again so your screen pops up? Oh, yeah. White fragility and race talk right here. I'm about... Darren Wing? Um, white fragility is by Robin D'Angelo. She's like... Mm-hmm killing it right now white woman talking to white people about Good. their ability i'll buy it today don't buy it on amazon there you go <laughs> and then um race talk this is actually the book that our department is having um everyone read so we'll have everyone- and and delana do you feel like those books represent what you guys are are working for i think it's a start okay i think that which is what um, I'm looking for. I, I think if start. you read White Fragility, it'll answer a lot of questions and uh, give you a good pathway. And Robin does a good job of not putting things over people's head. So mm-hmm. I've had this conversation and I've bought this book for multiple people um, in my family and friend groups. And I've loaned it to people. It's I think it's important that uh, it's you start somewhere, like I said, Mason. So take that jumping place and start somewhere. When it comes to movies, there's a ton of movies you can watch. Um, I think that, I mean, it depends where you want to go. I think you can watch the documentary, the 13th. That's a great documentary mm-hmm. and it will sit you on your butt and like yeah. teach you some things. Yeah. Uh, there's also, I think you can go back as far to like the birth of the, of the nation. If you watch that movie, mm-hmm. that will show you a lot about, um, kind of like old Hollywood and what our media is based off of because to this day it's one of the great cinematic uh, movies of our of of ever right so universal timeless movie that they don't show anymore but still it's like it's the basis for what yeah. movies have become mm-hmm. um and then when it comes to google i think you can ask google just about anything yep. okay know? and let, let let me jump even deeper here and let's get to the sector that i'm kind of in where i don't like to read 
Is there any audio books? Is the uh, the movie's obvious? A- absolutely, I'm done. I'm down. Done Not watching it tonight. Book. You know, so audio book. It's all good on iBooks, all that kind of stuff for the yeah. books you recommended. We are all on Audible. I gotta ask. Yeah. I'm just telling you. I, I'm I'm a great podcast. I'm a great reader. I'm a great reader. I'm a great reader. I'm a terrible understander of reading. So I just have to be honest about that. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. got to put the work in, my brother. I was gonna... You got to put the work in, man. I can read just fine. I'm not really good at understanding yeah. what I'm reading. So, yeah. You know. White Fragility is definitely on Audible. Um, I, I just pulled it up. I have an Audible account. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Uh, Jelana, of course. She has every account possible, right? <laughs> I know. Just a lot of reading. I do a lot of reading. So, but I do it at the gym. I do it with my earbuds in. Yeah. You know, working out. That's how I read. I, I really don't sit down as much. I, you know, I'm just. Well, so. and I think just like my three answers were really short, but it's true. It's like, I think sometimes as white people, we expect other people to educate us. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not anyone else's job to educate us but us. And mm-hmm. there's so many resources that it's like, it's it's cheap to say, Delana, what should you read? Like, you know, like as if she's supposed to know what I need to learn all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that it is like, ask, ask Google, there's articles, there's so much stuff and there's so much learning we can do on mm-hmm. our own to when now you have a conversation with another person you know, you're asking questions that come with so much more thought behind them because you've done your own work. And so there, there's just, there's so many resources for you um, and for me and for everyone who's listening to this, that it's, it's our job to look them up, to fact check who's the author, when did they write it, who supported the book or whatever, and, and then go from there and start learning. And then one book, or one article, or even Austin Cheney Brown, she did an incredible interview with Brene Brown on her podcast, The um, Unlocking Us. And so there's just no excuse to not be educated because it's every single media platform, every single type of learning, um, it's all available. We just have to go look and start to absorb it and start to make different actions because of the stuff that we're learning. Hey, you know what, Beth, for, for you to say that, and honestly just hits home, I just haven't done enough, you know, like I'm, I just haven't done enough. And um, you're right, because I have been searching for outside resources to give me some more information. You know, it's like we had you guys on here today to help me learn. And you know what? It, it did help me learn in a, in a fact that I just I got to put more time in on my own. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back on in six months. I'm putting it out there now. That's we're right. Say, I'm Mason the less ignorant white man. And we're going to start from there. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Delana, tell him to stay off social media. It's not about social media. You know what? Social media. That's he good. That's stop. good advice, Christian. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, certainly there's some good stuff. I mean, even Robin D'Angelo, she has, uh, she has a handle on Instagram. That's really good. And just listening to the way she processes some of the realities is good, like micro learnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hear you, like, you got to be careful because social media can be a, a two edged sword. Mm-hmm. Got to be very intentional about it for sure. If it's, if it's using that to open up our minds and create more awareness for sure. 
And I think Mason, all the way back to your original, one of the original things you said, where you said you lost friends and I thought it was because you did share, but when you talked again, it sounds like because you didn't share. Yes. Disconnect. That's where I lost friends. So I think that there's a long, 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 deeply entrenched history of white people being silent in times of great trauma and oppression. And Mm -hmm. while you may not think that like why does it matter if I share this thing or not understanding that like there's context to the sharing or not sharing that you're not thinking about and so by you know you not sharing and then being like I'm at Chili's with my friends in a moment where like the world is hurting then to you it seems like nothing seems like what do you mean what am I supposed to do but there's so much more context to that moment that like you're unaware of that is why it's met with a lot harsher um seemingly harsher of a response than it would be and beth i i love that and like i said in the very beginning this is educational i'm ignorant white male i'm gonna keep saying that until i learn enough tom i i don't feel comfortable saying that anymore so tell me if i'm not comfortable sharing on social media and i'm not comfortable posting all over the place about what's going on because it is a good thing that's going on. It's, it's incredible what's going on. And it should have happened a hundred years ago, but to the person who's not comfortable sharing that, how can we help outside of social media? Right. And I think that you can help a ton out of social media but I do think that like your Obama quote, right? Like you are the change you want to see. You're the change you seek. And so uh, do it. <laughs> like It's okay to be uncomfortable. Racism is uncomfortable. Like Yeah, the- which is why we're doing this. <laughs> uh, but I do mm. think like we, had, we talked about um, a lot of different ways to help earlier, right? It's like you can you can read and then make different buying decisions, purchasing decisions. You can have um, conversations with your white friends and white family offline anytime. Um, and I think that that stuff goes a long ways as well. Yeah, definitely. I'd like be aware of the timing. I would say as well, like if you are, if you're not comfortable posting, that's one thing. But if you're not comfortable knowing that's white privilege right yeah if you're, just, if you're not comfortable sit, being like oh i wasn't aware if that's what you're comfortable doing is like not being aware it's like you can't hide from it anymore so mm-hmm. not knowing you can't have that anymore not posting is one thing but choosing not to understand choosing not to learn is how you lose friends right yep. if they right if, they, if you can't have that kind of understanding and awareness of like what it is and I've made that mistake. I'm not afraid to admit I've, I've, I've made that mistake of, of not doing what I can and learning what I can. I've made that mistake and I'm tired of doing it. And that, and that's why we're here. Yep. Don't make that mistake anymore, Mason. We won't, we won't, you know, we won't, you know, it's, it's, it's something. You know, I'm convinced that that's not what your brand is about. I've known you now for, for a minute and I'm convinced that even having this, moment with us right here right now is pivotal because now you've got some people that are account you're accountable to and i'm yeah. going to be hitting you up my friend oh, and yeah. ask you if what's your how how white fragility is going yeah. you know how's the read 
uh, I'm going to be asking you what you've learned in some different spaces. And uh, I would even offer music. Like there's some beautiful, there's some incredible music out there um, that's being released right now. I think that can offer insights if that's what you love. Cause I'm a huge, I'm a huge music kid. Uh, maybe that's the Latin background. I don't know, but loving um, this, the stories that come from music and health. I mean, Ken, Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize. First, first, you know, first black man to ever win a Pulitzer Prize in that category, um, all because of his album, Damn. So I think it doesn't even, it can cross all sorts of lines and um, that's a work of art. So yeah. lots of ways to get this done. Lots of yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. Big high for hours. Yeah. That's oh, a sure. great, that's a great song. Like for someone who doesn't partake in the um, recreational drug there, it's like, man, that song will get you. <laughs> so, for get sure. you. Well, okay. So I, I, I want to wrap up here because I want to say thank you guys for coming on. And I want to just, the appreciation that comes from someone like me and the background that I have. And I, I just, I don't have the connection that, that you guys have. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here and being willing to talk about this subject with someone who's not very educated on it. Uh, Christian's a lot more educated. Jelana's a lot more educated than I am. And I just, I, I, I want to be completely honest. Um, this for me, you know, makes an impact to however many lives that I'm willing to share this with, which is a lot. And I just, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are willing to come on here and, and support the fact that I don't know a ton about what's going on. I am a white male who has a lot of power without realizing it. And I honestly don't realize it. The, the funniest part is I, every day I realize how much more power I have because I am a white man. And I just, you know, to have people on here supporting the outside cause that's just so fucking huge, you know, it's, it's such a big deal that I didn't realize until recently because I am the ignorant white male and I just, I, the appreciation I have for you guys coming on is, is it's insignificant. Well, Mason, it, once you, once you post this, you, you will have posted. So yeah, no, and it's, 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 it's out. Big step for you. Yeah, Big absolutely. You know, and you know what, to be honest, to be honest, you guys, I, I really, um, I have a friend here who I had my first black lives matter conversation with, which was way too late. And um, she really never too late to start. No, never, it, it's never. never too late to start. You're right. But she really opened my mind to the fact that I just, I just realized that I, I have everything a lot easier than most people. And um, it's really important to share this light that we've shined today. And I also think that you guys will be an incredible partner with the Athleta Foundation. I think yeah. it'll be amazing. I don't think that you'll never hear from Jelana again, because I guarantee you after this call, she's going to be hitting up both of you guys nonstop for the next fucking three weeks. Who knows? Hey, you know what? Um, it's a rare, it's a rare opportunity when you get to meet incredible women that are locking arms and shoulder to shoulder and that's what we're doing here. So we got to run at it together. It's and not going to happen in a vacuum. Beth and Elena, having this woman on your side, you guys mm -hmm. are going to get light years ahead of what you ever thought you would do. So I, I, I really think that this, this conversation was more than a podcast. Like Christian and I, over the last few weeks, have realized this, this, this isn't for views. This isn't for social media fame. This is to um, 
really build a network and a community and just be with people who are on the same level as you. And, and you girls are far above where Christian and I have ever been. I'm sorry to throw it on the bus, Christian, but I'm pretty sure you could agree with me on that. These girls and, and Jelana's light years above everyone, right? So these girls are incredible. And We're women, Mason. Yes, these women. These women, <laughs> sorry. I, I know it's I know. You know, every, every term nowadays. <laughs> I really don't like being called boys. So it's just like girls, boys, <laughs> women, men, gentlemen, gentlewomen, whatever it is, I, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning a social construct of what's, what's the correct thing to call someone nowadays. And having you guys on here is, is absolutely incredible. And I just, I think the relationship's going to build far from this. Thanks, Nathan. I really appreciate it. And Jelana, thank you so much. I got to do some research on the Athleta Foundation and it's just incredible what kind of you found your passion in. And I think that's kind of what Beth and I and Christian and Sharon Mason, we all are hoping that that's what we get to do, right? Absolutely. That's what we will do. Fall in love with our passion. Will do. And, uh, make it our make it our career. So thank you. Great. All day. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be, we'll, thank you. We'll all be working together pretty shortly right. here soon. That's all right. Thank well, you. Yeah, I'll see you guys this week. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye Talk guys. Take, Take care. care.